history has once again been made, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are crowned world champions. Now with the 2020 season in the books, we begin to look ahead to the offseason. All that and more now on Beyond the Blitz. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, ladies and gentlemen. The Blitz crew back at it as always. Brandon Wells, Justin Rogers, Chris Rogers, and today we recap Super Bowl 55. We look at the highlights, all of the action, and how the Bucks ended up beating the Chiefs in a 31-9 slaughter. But first, we have our NFL headliners as always. More news out of Philadelphia as the Eagles are looking to trade Carson Wentz. Actively, they're looking for trade partners, and multiple teams seem to be calling. However, the Eagles are looking for a Matthew Stafford type of trade. The price for Carson Wentz is very high. Who do you think he has the best chance with? I personally think he has the best chance with the Colts, but I don't think the Colts are going to pay that high a price for a player with that high a contract, for a player with his issues with accuracy and everything like that. I think realistically the team that he will go for is the Bears or or team he'll go to is the Bears um, just because they're more willing to do this to take a proven quarterback. But I don't think a team's going to pay as high as a Matthew Stafford price for his contract and for what he put together last season. Yeah, what I've seen on Twitter a lot is that a lot of Eagles fans, for whatever reason, hate to see Carson Wentz go. I mean, he did have the one MVP season. I think it's really glass half empty for some people, glass half full for some. But really, I think the fact that they're actively trading him kind of surprises me. In the last episode, I said that Carson Wentz should stay in Philly just because all the coach hirings and everything that they did just made it seem like they're building around Carson Wentz and now they're going to trade him here. I just think they are looking for way too much here. And honestly, what they have to get, they have to get, I think, a first round pick for Carson Wentz in this year's draft or next year's draft has to be good enough. As far as teams go, I think the Colts probably have to be the number one spot. Honestly, they have a late first, so I think that's perfect for them. Right now, the Eagles, they don't have to ask for two first-round picks, and mainly this is just because you have to look at the fact that he had a terrible statistical season. If you're trading for Carson Wentz, you're trading for the potential franchise quarterback for the next five years and then retire the Colts are the perfect landing spot because they have a great O-line how about a team that not a lot of people are looking at a team that has a quarterback that needs to prove himself how about bringing some competition how about the Denver Broncos I mean Drew Locke didn't look great last season maybe bringing Carson Wentz Garrett Bowles just had a great season on the O-line he's got weapons around him good defense could be a fit with Denver but I'd pick the Colts right now first off the asking price for Carson Wentz right now is way too high He's not a top 20 quarterback in the NFL anymore, and he's not worth what the Philadelphia Eagles are asking for. However, the ideal landing spot for Carson Wentz has to be the San Francisco 49ers, and it's definitely something that we need to keep an open mind about. The 49ers in win-now mode, they still have a very solid team, very similar to the team that lost the Super Bowl two years prior. We could very well see Carson Wentz come in, have a QB battle with Jimmy Garoppolo, similar to what I was saying last week about staying in Philadelphia and having a QB battle with Jalen Hurts. In my opinion, a starting quarterback can sometimes only as good 
as their backup. If they're not a top-tier quarterback, having a backup under you to light a fire under you can really help your production, and I think both Wentz and Garoppolo could benefit from having each other on the same team. However, if you trade Carson Wentz, you're probably going to trade away Jimmy Garoppolo as a compensation. I do think Carson Wentz would have a very fun time down in San Francisco. The NFL honors were the day before the Super Bowl on Saturday, and the winners are as stands. The MVP trophy went to none other than Aaron Rodgers. What a significant season he had. Not too many people disagreeing with that one. The Offensive Player of the Year award went to Derrick Henry, another MVP candidate. Didn't quite receive that many votes, but very well deserved. Defensive Player of the Year went to Aaron Donald. Some controversy about that pick, we'll get to it in a second. Coach of the Year went to Cleveland Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski. Even after being hospitalized during the first ever playoff game, he still got the award, very well deserving, taking Cleveland to a playoff run. Offensive Rookie of the Year went to none other than Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert, only 14 games under his belt, but did everything he could with it. Defensive Rookie of the Year went to Washington edge rusher Chase Young, Comeback Player of the Year, we all knew Alex Smith was getting this since day one. And the Walter Payton Man of the Year went to Russell Wilson. So, what do you guys think about the NFL honors? All right. I like almost every pick here. Offensive Rookie of the Year probably should have been a joint Offensive Rookie of the Year with Justin Jefferson. In my opinion, it's a lot easier to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL out of 32 than it is to be a top 10 wide receiver out of like 50 because there's just more wide receivers. But that's not to say Justin Herbert didn't deserve it. I have a personal vendetta with Aaron Donald winning Defensive Player of the Year. Let me just read some stats off to you. Uh, TJ Watt led in tackles over Aaron Donald. He led in sacks. He led in tackles for loss. He led in pressures, QB hits, uh, passes, defense, and picks. I know Aaron Donald plays defensive tackle. Um, I know he gets double teamed a lot because that's how much of a game breaker he is but I didn't know the defensive player of the year was the double team award. It's not to say he didn't deserve it. He's insane. He's probably the best defensive player we will ever watch. Probably the best defensive player of all time. But this year, I think my bias aside, I still think TJ Watt should have won defensive player of the year. Yeah. I'm going to go right off of you on defensive player of the year, Chris. I do want to say this before I talk about TJ Watt, Aaron Donald is the best at least at his position, maybe right up there with Mean Joe Green of the Steelers. So I think legacy-wise, out of the two, yes, he is better. But this is the situation here. T.J. Watt, except for one category, which I believe was fumble recoveries, is better this season at all those categories than Aaron Donald. Now, I know they're two different positions, and I'm sure Aaron Donald leads in a lot of the categories for defensive tackles. I understand, and it's hard to get as many sacks as he does, and the fact that he used two sacks off of T.J. Watt is amazing. However, T.J. Watt led four statistical categories, sacks, tackle for loss, pressures on the quarterback, and quarterback hits. That is hard to do especially when you play one game less than everybody else. That's really hard to do in the NFL. 
Again, Aaron Donald, he's a good player. I'm not saying that he's a bad player for saying TJ Watt should have won the award. But that's not just one year. Two years he was snubbed. I think last year, Stephon Gilmore shouldn't have won the award. If a cornerback is going to win the award, it has to be a season like Xavier Howard had this season with 10 picks. But not when you tie the league with six picks. No. Aaron Donald, he had a lot more tackles for loss last year than he did this year. He had 20 tackles for loss last year. He should have won the award last year, not this year. Give it to TJ. But now, TJ Watt, he's going to be hungry for more next year. He's got to be up there for my pick for the Defensive Player of the Year in 2021. And I also want to talk about Offensive Rookie of the Year, both Justin Jefferson and Justin Herbert. They had a great season statistically. Both have a fantastic name in Justin. I mean, come on. Like, how could you not pick them? They have a fantastic name. But kidding aside, both of these players, I think Justin Herbert only playing 14 games and putting up the stats that he did is fantastic. Justin Jefferson being the number two on the team and being top 10 in the NFL and getting a second team All-Pro as a rookie. First to do that since Randy Moss on the Vikings. That's hard to do. I just think that Justin Herbert just did a little bit more um, to keep his teams in games. I mean, as a Justin Jefferson fantasy owner, he was off a couple of games. He wasn't on every single game. Justin Herbert maybe was off one or two games this season. I think consistency is probably the reason why Justin Herbert is picked. And I do want to say something about Chase Young. He is the guy that obviously was the obvious pick, but... I mean, yes, it was for his play on the field, but how about the leadership? He came in right away and was a leader for that defense, and is a lot of the reason why, because of the leadership he gave, that defense was a top-five defense in the NFL. So congratulations to Chase Young, and congratulations to all the guys who won these awards this year. Outside of a few queries you guys offered about Defensive Player of the Year, which I agree with almost everything you said, I'm really not too big a fan of Coach of the Year going over here to Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland. Yes, what he did there was crazy. Yes, everybody expected Cleveland to flop, just like they always do, despite all the talent they've been building up over the years. The trophy should have gone to Andy Reid. 15-1, come on. I know that team is good, but he has consistently been a good spearhead. But even if you want to look at the, all the weapons Andy Reid has, why not go to someone like Sean McDermott, another coach that took the team to the playoffs for the first time in 20 years, just like Kevin Stefanski. Similar resume, but better season. I think Sean McDermott, should have been the one to get the Coach of the Year award. Justin Herbert, absolutely deserve Offensive Rookie of the Year award. Justin Jefferson, as you were saying earlier, Chris, definitely got snubbed a little bit of some honors, didn't quite receive enough votes in my mind is what he should have. Justin Jefferson will definitely be back next season, top five receiver on the NFL next year. And as far as Aaron Donald's concerned, I definitely think Xavier Howard should have been given a little bit more attention, but if your team doesn't make the playoffs as a defensive player, you just don't have much of a shot. And now we head over to Super Bowl 55 recap. And what everyone thought would be a great Super Bowl turned out to be a snoozer of a Super Bowl. The Buccaneers dominated the entire way on both sides of the ball. Didn't give any space for an amazing Chiefs offense to come back. Patrick Mahomes scored single digits for the first time, not only his NFL career, but I believe it's the first time since high school that a Patrick Mahomes-led offense scored single digits. The Buccaneers offense had a great game plan going in. Todd Bowles deserves a lot of credit for this Super Bowl win, but he got to go in the consistency of Tom Brady on the other side. Tom Brady winning his seventh Super Bowl more than any franchise in the NFL. And Patrick Mahomes, 
looking to come back hungry for next season to get back into the big game. So what are your guys' thoughts and opinions on Super Bowl 55? It was a great defensive showing from the Bucks, and, you know, that's all you can say about it for at least for most of the game. Uh, you know, Tom Brady took over scoring touchdowns with all players they added this offseason, Gronk, A.B., Fournette, Include and Brady, obviously, as if Brady wasn't already a lock for the Hall of Fame. Now he won without Bill Belichick, and I don't think there's any question of if he's the GOAT or not. He is the GOAT now. A.B., I think, solidified his Hall of Fame career as well um, with a Super Bowl ring. You know, penalties were an issue. There was a lot of very soft calls compared to how the NFC Championship game was uh, officiated. But it was still wouldn't have made a difference. The Bucks still would have blown them out. Um, I think the Chiefs would have had a better chance if injuries didn't play such a big role in this game. You know, two backup offensive tackles, a lot of missing key defensive pieces, especially in the secondary. It was a very good Super Bowl for Tom Brady. Um, you know, <laughs> seeing the streaker on the field at the end of the game that was hilarious. I actually won money on the game, so you know, it was great for me too because you, you can't bet against Tom Brady. Shout out to Morgan Pingle, our fellow Bucks fan and former Beyond the Blitz guest. Finally got his Super Bowl trophy. Tampa Bay definitely deserved to win this game. Looks just like it was their season from the second this game started. And Justin, you and I had a very nice conversation last week about the offensive line injuries up front. As Chris was just saying, I don't think we understood exactly how big of an impact it may actually have. Patrick Mahomes was running for his life out there. Ran for almost 500 yards, escaping people outside of the pocket. And as much as he tried and gave it everything he had, it just wasn't enough. That Bucks defense was so organized. And Bruce Arians deserves so much credit. Defensive-minded coach, he game plan for Patrick Mahomes perfectly. He laid the foundation of how to beat this Chiefs team. Not only is this Patrick Mahomes' first blowout, but it's his first embarrassment. He went out there, played terribly from snap one to the last snap of the game. Granted, most of that wasn't his fault, but he needs to take a little bit of the blame for this. He was the X factor in this game. And we said it, Justin, if one of these two teams wins, it's because of superior quarterback play. And Tom Brady had the superior quarterback play as a game manager, which is why Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. He manages the game. He manages the situation. And then you had all of the new additions to the team. Gronk, A.B., Leonard Fournette, scoring all of the touchdowns for the Bucs offense. Very dominant game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And out of the three Super Bowls we've covered here on the Beyond the Blitz, two of the three have been labeled as snoozer bowls. I do want to say that this Super Bowl reminded me of the Denver Broncos playing the Seattle Seahawks. As far as there was so much hype coming out of this game, and then the Seahawks just dominated the entire way. And that's exactly what this game felt like. Chiefs scored the first three points of the game, and then the Bucks scored, and then I think the Chiefs scored again at some point. And Brandon, I do want to say this to what you were talking about with Patrick Mahomes. Yes, the Bucks defense did a great job. But let's remember, Patrick Mahomes had a lot of good passes after running those 500 yards throwing the ball almost pinpoint accuracy to his receivers and not putting it all on the receivers, but they did drop the ball. 
Patrick Mahomes put up a fight. He tried his hardest to win that game. I'm not putting everything on Patrick Mahomes for that loss. There were some times where they went for field goals, where Andy Reid, he's a guy who goes for it on fourth down a lot. I was surprised that they didn't go for fourth down when they only scored six points. I don't remember what the score was, but they were down by more than two possessions, I believe. And they went for the field goal again in the second half. I was surprised they did that, that they didn't try to go for it on fourth down. Maybe it was because they it just wasn't working. Again, I'm not saying every time they would have gone for it on fourth down instead of kicking the field goal, they would have gotten it. But maybe they would have gotten more points in the game. But Bucks dominated all the way up and across the field in this game. Congratulations, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You got your second Super Bowl. And one more quick stat here, Justin. Uh, Tom Brady scored his first ever first quarter touchdown in the Super Bowl, which is insane considering all the great teams he's had over his career. And now it's time for way too early predictions. So with Super Bowl 55 in the books, we look ahead at next season. NFL honors last week a lot of well-deserving recipients of the rewards, but who do we think is going to get it next year? Justin and I gave our Super Bowl picks last week, and now it's time to give our Best Player of the Year awards. Justin, who do you got? All right, so we got four. We got MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, and Comeback Player of the Year. The four easiest, really to give our predictions for. So MVP first, the best award of the best player in the NFL, a guy who was second in MVP voting this year over Patrick Mahomes, who had a great season as well, didn't play as many games. How about Bills quarterback Josh Allen? Brandon, you said the Bills are going to make the Super Bowl next year, and I'm a huge Bills fan. They're my number two team. Bills Mafia right behind the steel curtain for me. Huge Steelers fan, but Bills... They're up there for me. But Josh Allen, he just had a turn the corner this season. His accuracy was up there. And so if it got that good in just two seasons, I can't wait to see the jump he's going to make this season, especially if they possibly add some weapons. I don't know what weapons you could add to the already good team. Maybe a tight end. Dawson Knox is a good tight end, but they might need to add another weapon, maybe shoring up the offensive line as well. But Josh Allen, he's got to be the guy I'm putting at MVP. How about a guy who... Maybe if it wasn't for Derrick Henry's 2,000-yard season, should have maybe won the Offensive Player of the Year, Travis Kelsey. Now, I think Patrick Mahomes, he may be leaning on this guy a little bit more. We saw it in the Super Bowl. That may be something to show what might happen next season with Travis Kelsey. I think the last tight end to get Offensive Player of the Year was Tony Gonzalez as a Chief. I would love to see it as Travis Kelsey going into next season. Might not happen, but I'd love to see a tight end win this award. Defensive player of the year, you already know. It's, it's got to be TJ Watt. There's a fire underneath him unless he gets hurt. That's the only way I see him not winning this award. I think he's going to put up more stats as far as sacks. Um, he may get double teamed a, a lot more next season, but he was double teamed almost every snap and still got to the quarterback. So I don't know how it can't be him next season. Maybe they'll just give it to Aaron Donald again, but I'm picking TJ Watt. How about comeback player of the year? I think this is who everyone has for comeback player of the year. Really, for me, it's between this man and Saquon Barkley. I mean, there's a lot of studs out there. Nick Bosa was out this season as well. A lot of really good players coming off of injury coming in the next season. But it's got to be Dak Prescott. Whether he's in Dallas or whether he goes to somewhere like Washington or San Francisco or anywhere else, he 
showed last year that he is the guy. He was probably going to throw for close to 6,000 yards. I don't know if that really would have happened, but he was looking good. And that is an injury. The injury that he had, I believe it was, was to his ankle. It's a hard injury to come back from. So it's not like he just had an injury that kept him out for the season that's easy to come back from. He comes back and plays better than ever it's a hard injury to come back from and to play well off of but the way he was playing last season I see him playing just as well if not better whether he's in Dallas or anywhere else so I got Dak Prescott as my comeback player of the year next year all right so here's my early predictions uh since last week I had work the next morning at four in the morning I couldn't be on the podcast so um I'm just giving my super my early Super Bowl prediction and since I'm beyond the blitz we love hot takes and this one is a melting take. It's extremely hot. Uh, my Super Bowl prediction is the Cleveland Browns versus the L.A. Rams. And I have the Rams winning. I think Matthew Stafford makes a big step on offense for them. Coach Sean McVay gets a uh, creative quarterback. His quarterback that, you know, that he's wanted since the beginning. Um, and Matthew Stafford finally gets some help on defense and a good coach. And I think they're going to win the Super Bowl next year. Um, anyways. Here's my uh, next year awards, my early predictions for that. I'm going to start with Offensive Player of the Year and finish with MVP. Next year, my Offensive Player of the Year is going to be Devontae Adams. The dude had an insane year, considering he was one of Aaron Rodgers' only targets. And he does it all with just his insane route running. And I think he's going to get you know the recognition he deserves next year. Defensive Player of the, of the Year, uh, without question, is going to be TJ Watt next year. Uh, Zach Banner tweeted out, Next time you piss off TJ, do it after the offseason so he can't hurt us in the during the uh, mini camp and pro days and all that. But yeah, comeback play of the year, uh, obvious choice, Dak Prescott. He probably would have won MVP this year if he didn't get hurt, considering how well he's playing. And to finish off with MVP, big hot take here. Um, I have Dak winning it. Dak winning comeback play of the year and MVP. You know, if he picks up like he played last year, uh, I don't see him not winning wherever he is. There'd be an insane story winning comeback play of the year and MVP. And if there's one person that can do it, it'd be Dak. I feel your wavelength, Chris. I like the wavelength there. Rams Super Bowl next year, man, is going to happen. I'm excited to see it. My NFL honors for the 2021 season at the top, we're going to talk about the most valuable player of the season. It's going to go back to Patty Mahomes. He's going to be hungry for more next season. This team obviously has a lot to do over the offseason. they got to restructure some things. Mainly, they need some depth on the offensive line. It is now the most glowing weakness, and the rest of the NFL knows it. Patrick Mahomes is going to come out, and he is going to lead the Chiefs to another insane season with more insane stats, and he is going to prove everyone why he is still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Offensive Player of the Year reward is going to be repeat back-to-back for Derrick Henry. Still the anchor of that team, in my opinion, on the trend to become one of the, if not the greatest running back of all time. If he doesn't repeat this reward next season, I will retract that statement. I am that confident in Derrick Henry. He is going to repeat that award. The Defensive Player of the Year, we're going to have another repeat. Seems to be more of a popularity contest, but Aaron Donald up front now with a good quarterback on the other side. That defense is going to be more anchored than ever, and he is going to be more important than ever. This team has such a good chance to do it all next season, and Aaron Donald is going to perform monstrous. 
perhaps the greatest season of his career is yet to come. And for Comeback Player of the Year, you know, I originally wanted to talk about Saquon Barkley, and then I remembered Saquon Barkley's been hurt twice, seriously. I'm not sure if he'll ever be the same player he was. He still really only have one good season. Dak Prescott could definitely do it, but the Cowboys as a whole has a lot to work with. And in order to win an award like this, you almost have to be a playoff contender. So I'm going to look at Comeback Player of the Year to a team that a lot of people seem to be sleeping on for next season. And that's because Joe Burrow is going to come back. He's going to have the rookie season in his sophomore year that Justin Herbert had. He's going to show everyone why he was taken number one overall. Why he is still a really, really good quarterback. We haven't seen much of Joe Burrow. He doesn't have a lot of film. But he's had over a year to work with this team, to build chemistry with him, and to learn the system. So he is going into his second rookie season with an advantage that most rookie quarterbacks don't get. And Joe Burrow is going to light it up next year. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all very much for listening. That's all we have for you today. As always, please go over and follow us on Twitter if you haven't already. That's beyond underscore blitz. And stay tuned for some big news coming in the very near future. Brandon Wells, Justin Rogers, Chris Rogers, and we'll see you next week here on Beyond the Blitz. Blitz.